This is Hope FM. Well, Cathy Farr is the Chief Executive of the Parks Foundation. Good morning, Cathy. Hello there. Now, uh, first of all, many, many congratulations on the Parks Foundation and, and in particular one of your projects uh, being chosen as the community hero in the spotlight. But before we talk about the specific project uh, that has been challenged, tell us a wee bit about the, the Parks Foundation. How, how was it established? So the Parks Foundation is uh, just over seven years old, actually. So we were established as a charity in 2015. And what we aim to do is fundraise for different things in parks and deliver community projects as well. So as an example, um, the new Avery that's being built in Bournemouth Gardens, we've been we've fundraised for that. Um, we've put, put in new play equipment into play parks, different sort of drinking fountains and different habitat creation across Bournemouth Christchurch and Pool as well. Now, obviously, you, you have a, a management committee to the, that work alongside you. Are they all volunteer supporters? Yeah, so we're, we're governed by a board of trustees who volunteer their time. And then we've got paid staff who deliver a number of projects across Bournemouth, Christchurch and Paul in our in our parks. So that might be community cafes that they work in or it might be um, projects that that work with different um, different groups across our local communities. Um, and then we have lots and lots of volunteers that support our projects as well. Do you think that, that parks is one of those things in the past that we've very much taken for granted? I mean, green sp- and open spaces is so really important and even more so because of the challenges of, of COVID. But would you say that we, we just sort of think, well, they're there and, and we use them and maybe don't think very much more about maybe how we can maximise that use? Yeah, I think um, exactly like you said, we're, we're so used to and we're so lucky down here for the amazing parks that we have as well that you're kind of, you're used to just them being there to a certain extent. But what we want to ensure as our charity is that they are quality green spaces for everyone. And investment in parks has been significantly cut over the last 10 years. A lot of local authorities would have seen about 50% budget cuts. And so for us as a charity, we're trying to ensure that actually the parks across Bournemouth, Christchurch and and Paul really are maintained as well as they can be. So work really closely with the council, but also delivering a lot of projects with communities. And and exactly how you've said, since the pandemic, parks were one of the of the only things that we could do for a lot of time during the pandemic. So people have been exploring and and finding new green spaces that they didn't even know exist, which could be five minutes away from them. You know, it really has been that kind of um, exploration and, and discovery of new green spaces as well. And we found that a lot of local people are appreciating their parks in different ways as well now. Now, obviously, uh, you originally took over from the council because it was the council that that would manage the park. Why was the decision, you know, made to transfer the the management of the parks and the responsibility for them into, in this case, a charitable trust? So um, the council still manage all of the parks and we just work alongside them. So um, we actually just we don't do any of the maintenance of parks. We just look after any enhancements and added value. So a little bit different to probably what you described there. So it's a very close partnership then with the, with the I suppose, really your role is, is the development of the parks and, you know, raising money for for to improve them. And you mentioned sort of play equipment and all that sort of thing. And then, as you just said, then the, the council's role is basically to make sure that they that they're managed properly and I guess maintained as well. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, working really closely with with the council to ensure that you know that that they maintain maintain them, but also we're so then we're there to do added value and and really work with work with communities because I guess as a charity we can engage with communities in a different way to perhaps how the council can. Well, let's have your first uh, piece of music, and I think we're going to blur with a very appropriate track, Park Life. Why, why this one, Kathy? I guess it's very topical as a parks charity to have this one, and it definitely puts a smile on my face. <laughs> well, let's have a listen to it. This is Hope FM. Well, as you've heard, my very special guest today is Cathy Farrar from the uh, Parks Foundation. She's the chief executive and uh, talking to us about the important use and the partnership, the important use of parks and, of course, the partnership uh, with the council. When you actually took over, you know, in in this new role of working in partnership with the council, what were the main challenges that you you encountered, Cathy? I think it's almost that, there, that there's so many parks. So across Bournemouth, Christchurch and Paul, there's 450 parks and open spaces. And it's really about um, establishing what the main priorities for us as a charity could be, because we could have done so many different things. So um, really what we wanted to do initially was to to make sure we were fundraising for some key projects um, and getting our, our name out there as, as well as we could do. Um, a lot of people do want to donate to their local park. So actually having a charity um, model here in BCP enables people to actually make a donation to their local green space, whether or not that's time by volunteering or actually a financial donation. And, and obviously, you, you have been successful in, in getting people to, you know, practically support in many ways, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're really lucky. We've got a, a large team of volunteers that support us. And that might be through volunteering at one of our community cafes or a visitor centre. Or it could be that actually they'll come out and join us on some of our um task days that we hold in parks um, and sessions where we're actually doing habitat creation or running volunteer events to create new wildflower meadows or sowing um, spring bulbs and things like that. So lots of opportunities for local residents to get involved in their local park. Now, obviously, over the last two years, we've, been, we've had some rather uh, unusual and unexpected uh, circumstances to deal with where, in fact, outdoor spaces have pretty much become critical because so many of our local residents don't even have have gardens to enjoy. How has the the COVID, the the whole COVID pandemic uh, affected you? I think for us, it's just realising the pressures that have been put on on the parks and open spaces here. So in BCP, in Bournemouth, Christchurch and Paul, one in in eight people don't have access to a garden. So actually, for them to get outside, it is by going outdoors into their local park. So we know that those people would have really, really needed to be getting out of doors. It's, you know, we know that going outdoors in, in in a green space is really good, both for your physical and for your mental health. So it's just being about being able to provide really quality green space for our local residents. Have you seen a, a, a marked increase in the use of parks over over the the, the past two years? Yeah, it, I think it's um it's always difficult to quantify because um we you know but absolutely we know that in terms of whether or not 
that's more litter picks that we've been having to do um, and things like that. And but definitely, but it's great. And that's and that's what parks are there for. If you think back to the Victorian times when parks were created, it was all about trying to get outdoors to improve people's health. And now when you see people picnicking in their park, kicking a football around, or you see youngsters, you know, trying to um, explore and find bugs and things like that. That's what our parks are actually there for. So it's really lovely to see them being used in that way. Now, obviously, uh, you're now being selected as the community hero organisation community organisation in the spotlight, but for a particular project, uh, which I think is called Parks in Mind. Uh, now, why did you dream this up? I mean, and, and, and what was the purpose of it, Cathy? Yeah, so Parks in Mind is a project that um, we've been running for just over three years now, and it improves the mental and physical health and well-being of the participants. So it's primarily delivered in Boscombe, where we know that there is um significant need for support for for individuals so people might come and join in the project they might be referred from their gp or a community mental health team or somebody who's been attending a drug or alcohol um center but equally some people just hear about the activities that we're doing and they'll just self-refer onto the project as well and we lead a lot of um conservation activities in parks some arts-based activities tai chi and well-being activities so it's a really varied program that we want people to get involved in so is it a bit of a pick and mix where you put forward a number of activities that that people can choose you know what to participate in and and, and what are some of those activities yeah, so every month we'll release a new program and hopefully it's got lots of different things that people might want to do. So um, we might have Tai Chi that we do on a Thursday morning in Shelley Park. We might be going to Horseshoe Common in Bournemouth Town Centre and sort of clearing some of the rhododendron down there. So really, really varied. We might think oh um this month we're doing some astronomy um activities as well so anything that gets people outdoors and into a park is what we're trying to achieve well we're going to be talking to peter in a moment who's who's your coordinator and i guess you were you were involved in appointing peter what what sort of what sort of job description did you give him (laughs) it's a good question and actually people often say to me um when we're talking about parks of mine you know why is it a success how has it worked so well and actually it's down to peter because he is such an amazing welcoming character that people come to parks and mine for the first time and they might be nervous because some of the the people that we work with might might um have anxiety or low level mental health difficulties so but actually the the welcoming that people that Peter provides there is, you know, is what makes people just feel so part of the project as soon as they come and join us. So, yeah, it's definitely a very varied job description that Peter has from actually delivering nature-based activities in parks. And Peter's worked in conservation for more years than I should probably say. Um, and But also has that amazing um personality to to work in this sort of project and going forward you know with, with the parks work in general what what, what are your hopes and desires what, what would you like to see the shape of our parks and open spaces being in say a couple of years time i think it's that everyone um appreciates our parks perhaps a little bit more because and what we're trying to achieve is that 
that people become a real ambassador for their local space. And so if you're if you're in your park and you see litter, then let's go and pick it up. Let's not rely on the next person coming along to pick up that litter. Actually, it's our chance now to to make a difference to our park. Um, what we're working on at the moment is um, thinking about improving the local community parks across BCP as well. Um, we know that some of the, the bigger flagship parks um, are great for tourists and things like that. But actually, the parks that make a difference to local residents are the one that's five minutes walk away. And they might be the ones that haven't had as much investment in them over the past 10, 20 years. Um, and that's where we're really hoping that us as a charity can come in and just invest in some life and some invigoration, whether or not that's through delivering some community events by one of our parks activators or sowing some wildflower meadows, doing what, what is right for the park to, to create more, more nature recovery across the city as well. Excellent. Well, before we have a chat with Peter, we've got your second choice of music, and this was from David Bowie, something completely different. But actually, the, the, the wonderful song Heroes is, is pretty appropriate. What, why, why this particular one? I think it's just so that we all know we can be a hero for our park and parks are our heroes as well. So it's all about us being the best people we can be for parks. Well, Cathy, thank you so much and wish you every success as you continue on with the work. And again, many congratulations for the award. And well, listen to David and then have a chat with Peter. That's great. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye bye. This is Hope FM. Well, we just heard uh, from uh, Cathy about the, uh, the the Parks Foundation project Parks uh, in Mind. And the person who's responsible uh, as the project leader of that uh, is Peter Holloway. Good morning to you, Peter. Oh, hello there. Hi. Now, Peter, this sounds like a really challenging job, you know, in terms of, of using the parks, particularly to encourage people to get out there and get involved in all sorts of activity. What was it that encouraged you to apply for the post? Um, I think um, a concern perhaps about three main things. One, um, I live in Boscombe and the project is is based in Boscombe. Um, and I say that because I have a, a concern for Boscombe. Um, I think it's a fantastic place and, um, and underrated. Uh, but also, you know, I'm aware and was aware at the time, you know, of of the of the difficulties that um, exist in in this part of the world in terms of quite a lot of deprivation and uh, challenges that people face locally. Um, and I think I was keen in some small way to try and change, you know, a very modest way to try and change the conversation about Boscombe and from something that is often negative to something a bit more positive. And it seemed like a perfect vehicle. I'm interested in the out of doors and uh, nature conservation, wildlife. It seemed like a perfect vehicle, perhaps to invite people to come along and um, do things together to improve the environment and um, have a nice time together. So, in a very real sense, you had a, you had a passion for outdoor spaces your, yourself and, your, and conservation and all those sorts of things. I guess that that's a good place to start. Yeah, indeed. Uh, my background is nature conservation. Um, I used to look after nature reserves in Christchurch and so on. And and I think a, probably a, a big part of that for me um, was the people that we would meet. So very often the, the people, um, you know, are the things that make things uh, very special, I suppose. So obviously there's the wildlife elements and the, and the beautiful environments and the parks and so on. 
but um, people getting together and um, having fun and enjoying them and learning um, about them is is also key. So when you were putting the project together, what sort of elements did you, did you think were really important to put in there in order to attract people, and particularly people maybe who maybe previously were or could have been isolated? What sort of elements did you use to attract them to the parks? Um, so I think initially we th- we probably thought, oh well, this is um, about uh, you know practical improvements to the parks. But uh, I think naturally, you know, your mind goes to other things that you're you're interested in in yourself, and um, and you, you know that other pe- hopefully other people are as well. So really, I, I was thinking along the lines of um, you know anything that really you can do out of doors and so that's not just maintenance of parks and uh, improving things for wildlife which is important but also arts uh, games um, craft uh, picnics uh, walks you know i mean really you know anything that can be be done out of doors um we just thought all oh, this is this is, this would be fun to populate the parks with good things that are happening um, and that uh, that people can do together. So I, th- I think ho- hopefully that answers that question. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and of all of those things, which what, what activities turned out to be the most popular thus far? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I think, I think in many ways, actually, the arts side of things um, has been really popular so it's you know it's a way of um yeah i think that sort of creative element that people like um you know there it's it's very rewarding so i think um probably the art side of things which has been you know perhaps a bit of a, a surprise but the other side of things uh you know the practical gardening and nature conservation also remains very popular so um, sort of horses for courses. Some people come along for different activities. Some will come along for both. Mm. I mean, when I think of parks, I mean, the, the, the one activity that immediately comes to mind, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about here, are the, are the joggers, you know, because everybody's out there and, yeah, and getting fit and perhaps maybe even more so through the, uh, you know, through the pandemic and so on, people needing to, to keep fit because otherwise they, they couldn't do lots of things that previously they could do. Was that sort of activity, the physical activity, you know, playing tennis, playing football, the sports side of things, was that all included in your list of activities? Well, perhaps not the formal sports. Um, certainly, um, we've we've been doing uh, we've been having things like frisbee and uh, kickabouts occasionally. Um, so fun, fun, fun activity. Yeah, I think yeah, sort of fun and, and informal activities. And um, I mean, I think you know we'd do anything if, if people want to have a, a proper game of football that would be great <laughs> I think I think we don't rule anything out actually at all but it hasn't been part of the program just yet but you know anything um lots of yoga we've had tai chi um dance is something perhaps in the future uh we've been in touch with um uh, pavilion dance uh, southwest uh they're based at, down at the pavilion um in bournemouth and we may we may do something with them at some point. And I think it's about trying different things, perhaps, to see what connects with people and just encourage, encouraging people, you know, into the into the open spaces. Well, let's have your first choice of music. And uh, 
You've gone for Justin Timberlake. Uh, uh, why this particular one can't stop the feeling? I, well, I like the film that it was in. Uh, I think it was of the Trolls. Um, and I, I think it's just fun. It's a bit dancey. I like to have a dance. Um, yeah, and I just think it's a, it's a sort of a happy tune. So. Well, let's have a listen to it. I got this feeling inside my bones. This is Hope FM. Well, one of the things, uh, Peter, about your project is was the desire to reach particularly those who were in danger of being isolated. And certainly through the last two years of the pandemic, there have been many people whose mental health have been impacted and, and so on. Ha- having said that, I mean, how successful has the project been in, in reaching people maybe who would, would have been in danger of being isolated uh, are certainly they're having their mental health impacted um well hopefully you know the uh, i think it's a perhaps about making the offer to people so we put a lot of effort into networking with um community mental health teams um and other services and provided people who are in touch with people who may benefit from coming along um but equally the project is um about maintaining one's uh, uh, good physical and mental health. So, um, although you know some people uh, will be referred to the project and uh, perhaps experiencing difficulties um, at that time, others um, may not have had or be experiencing any difficulties, but come along because they know and understand that it's actually um, helpful to do things with others and be out of doors uh, just to maintain one's uh, well-being. So in that sense, actually, it's quite a nice mix of people. Um, you know, you get different people from different, all sorts of different backgrounds um, with all labels left at the gates, if you like. Yeah, and of course, being in the outdoors is, is in itself therapeutic, isn't it? It's, it's, it's good for mental health to be out there in the fresh air. Well, certainly there's lots of evidence um, to that end. Um I suppose in the end, you can only sort of speak from your own experience um, and perhaps from the feedback that um, you receive from others. But certainly for me, you know, I I find it it's good for my mental health um, to go for a a good walk or do things, um, connect with others, learn about stuff, um, you know, whether that's um, other people or or wildlife. um, And actually, um, also for me, just, um, going out with my my camera phone, taking photos, you know, just taking time to um, have fun in that way. Um, I think taking uh, taking your camera phone out is a really great way of taking notice of things that are around you. So, yeah, from my own experience um, and certainly from all the evidence, um, it's meant to be very good for us. Now, under normal circumstances, we'd have had people in the studio who had been benefiting, if you like, by the project. But unfortunately, uh, we can't do that on this interview, maybe in in the future. But you've been talking to lots of people who have been participating. What sort of feedback have you been getting from them about the the benefits of of participating in what you're doing? Um, So probably, again, from from two main sources. Um, So we... we, um, we do occasional evaluation forms, um, either after particular activities or periodically. And 
Um, the sorts of things that people will say would be maybe, um, you know, I don't know, like I've often struggled to know how to make changes in my life um, and this has helped improve my well-being. Um, I'm thinking about a, um, some courses we've been running. So we, we run obviously lots of sort of one-off activities, but um, we've been running some five, way, five ways to well-being courses uh, in conjunction with um, BCP. Uh, arts um, in, in inviting people uh, to come along and be creative using the arts to improve uh, using the arts out of doors yeah. to improve um, their well-being and, and the sort of feedback um, we get is that um, you know people have taken multiple steps previously but uh, things like this you know fun and informal activities have have really helped them um, both relax um, but, uh, but also to be creative and enjoy themselves. You know. So if people wanted to learn more about the project and even even better, wanted to experience, get stuck in there, you know, and, and, and at least find out what they, what they can do, what's the best way for them to get, that, get the information on what's available? Um, so probably best way is to uh, just get in touch. Um, and that's uh, really the simplest way is for us, um, hopefully for others, is uh, by email. Uh, and that's peter at parksfoundation.org.uk. Uh, um, just um, look up the Parks Foundation and the Parks in Mind project underneath the Parks Foundation um, and get in touch that way. Um, and... Or, or come and see us at one of the events in the park. We have a mailing list that um, we send out a monthly program with all the different activities and people can pop into those activities. Uh, they can come to all of them or can, um, it's just nice to see people when they come along. So going forward, uh, Peter, uh, what do you what do you see as being the, the main challenges? What, how would you like to see the thing shaping up going forward? Um, that's interesting. I think um, some, something we're quite keen on developing um, as much as possible are the links that we have with GP surgeries, um, community mental health teams, uh, NHS and so on, uh, in order to you know, m make as good a connection as possible with people um, their their clients and patients, the people who getting the word out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I think um yeah, I think that's a, a you know a, a good aim. I mean the other aims obviously and things that um as a charity that we need to think about is um how the project is funded. Um and I know Kathy um uh, is working hard on that and I try and help contribute to that as much as possible. So um funding you know is always key. Um, where, where, do, where does your funding come from? Are you applying for grants or do you get individual donations? Um, there are some individual donations, of course, um, and that's always gratefully received. But mostly, I suppose, in terms of running the, the, the key aspects um, are through through grants. So um, previously we've had postcode lottery grants and so on. Sure. Um, um, grant from uh, our local co-op, which is um, more recently has been very helpful as well. 
Well, Peter, thank you so much uh, for talking to me today. And once again, many, many congratulations in being selected by the the Community Foundation uh, as the community hero in the spotlight for January. And uh, that must be a great encouragement to you to, to, to come out uh, as being successful, certainly on that front. Oh, it's really kind of them to select us. And yes, we're, um, we're hoping. That's great. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, before you go, you, you've selected another piece of music. And this time we're going to the wonderful Stevie Wonder uh, with You Are the Sunshine of My Life. And certainly I would hope for a lot more sunshine going forward as we come out of the of the cold midwinter and head towards spring and, and summer. But why this one? Oh, I think you can't go wrong with a bit of Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Peter, thanks so much. OK, thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. This is Hope FM.